God has come in some measure in the person of Jesus, but the kingdom of God has not come fully as it will when Christ returns. And so it makes life in this already but not yet world difficult at points. My book title when I write it one day is Being, hard, Being Human is Hard. Do you agree with that? Like being human is difficult and it's hard because there is this balance of the wonderful, the good, the beautiful, the joyful, all the things that we experience. And then on the other side of that, there is this grief that we feel that things aren't like they're supposed to be. And so in that in-between space is where you and I find ourselves. And even as we've read all of the names and these flowers represent all the people who have passed away from our church in the past year, and we, and we see and we acknowledge that. And at the same time, we hold on to this hope of the resurrection in the face of death. And so this morning, I want us to think very briefly together about how it is that we navigate this world. And we acknowledge the fallen nature of the place that we're called to live, acknowledge the good things that God's doing among us, and hold on ultimately to the hope of the resurrection of Jesus, that one day things will be different. Now, the book of Revelation, this might be a book of the Bible that when you're a kid, or even now, if you get bored with the sermon, somebody turns to Revelation and you start reading through, and it's, it's anything but boring, right? When you read through the book of Revelation, there is a lot of, there's a lot of things happening in this book. And it starts out with these letters to churches. So whatever else Revelation is about, it's about us as the church navigating a fallen world in a fateful manner. And so John sees this revelation and it's filled with all kinds of interesting beasts. It's filled with all kinds of numbers, numerology, all these things that you and I sometimes struggle to understand. But there are moments when John in the book of Revelation says things that are, are not that hard to understand or confusing to wrap our minds around. And I think Revelation 21 is one of those places. So John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. So John, as he sees this vision, when he says a new heaven and a new earth, I think, and I agree with Eugene Peterson here, that, that what we're meant to think is that, that everything is new. So you think heaven, earth, just think everything, okay? A new heaven and a new earth are coming down. The sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, as a minister at this church, one of my favorite things in all the world to do is officiate a wedding. One of the things that weddings do for me is it reminds me that in the midst of all of the terrible things that happen in the world, we are still capable of beautiful and meaningful things as people. And a wedding is one of those things. And normally, I'll just show you, I'm right, right here. And the poor nervous groom is right there. And the whole wedding party is in by this point. And the music stops and the music changes. And what are we all waiting for? The bride. And there are sometimes these kind of awkward feelings as everybody's looking at me like, shouldn't you tell us to stand? Right? I'm like, just be patient. It's coming. 
did she leave? <laughs> and the doors open, and I tell everybody to stand, and there is that beautiful moment of this bride adorned for her husband, making her way down the aisle. And John pulls from that imagery to kind of talk about what it's like when the new heavens and the new earth come and take the place of this fallen heavens and this fallen earth. And there is this sense of expectation that you and I feel as we wait. And there can be a lot of hard days while we wait, can't there? There's a lot of hard days, even days where we think, like we think, is the bride coming? Some days you and I might think, like, is this, is this going to happen? I had this priceless moment this past, maybe it was two weeks ago. I get to do some counseling with kids sometimes as we're talking about their faith and we're working it out. And I, we were rehearsing the gospel and we were talking about the story. And, and you know, we, we believe that Christ is coming back and, like, we're sure that's going to happen. And in a moment of just beautiful honesty that, that sometimes, you know, he said, I'm 99% sure <laughs> that Christ is coming back. Isn't that beautiful? Like all of us have probably laid in the bed before, and, and we know these things to be true, and we believe these things, but as we wait, sometimes it's hard. And so it's like we are people of God waiting for this new heavens and this new earth, and there's expectation, and there's excitement. But the longer we wait, the harder sometimes it is, and you and I find ourselves. And John says, just, just wait. This new heavens, this new earth, it's coming. And it's going to be more beautiful, and it's going to be more meaningful, and it's going to be um, in every way superlative to whatever it is that you think it's going to be. It's one of the things that I think about is I think about the idea of death going away, and I think about the resurrection coming. I used to be, I think, pretty uh, elementary in my thoughts of it. So, for example, I would kind of think you would take me somewhere, stick me in some plot of land, and then almost like Michael Jackson's thriller on the day of resurrection, I would come fighting up through the dirt, you know. But I think this, this vision and this experience of there not being death anymore and resurrection is a whole lot more like Genesis 1 than Genesis 2. When you go back and you read the story of creation, the story of the new heavens and the new earth and the return of Christ and the resurrection, I think it's on a different scale. And so John is saying a day is going to come when, when these things that you and I have believed in, these things that we've hoped for, these things that we've longed for, They'll come to pass, just like a bride adorned for her husband coming into the sanctuary. So the new heavens and the new earth will come, and we will rejoice at this coming. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with him as their God. Kind of the defining characteristic of the new heavens and the new earth is that you and I will dwell in the presence of God. And you think back to Genesis, Adam and Eve dwelled in the presence of God. And then because of the sin and the fall, they no longer could. And so God then gave the people the tabernacle, and then he gave them the temple. And then you and I live in the time of God's 
redemptive story where the Holy Spirit dwells with us as his presence here on earth. But we know that it's not the same as us dwelling in God's presence. And so he says, one day, when the new heavens and new earth come, you and I will dwell in the presence of God, and he will be with us, and he will make his residence among us. Are any of you at this point like, wow, you should be somewhat dumbfounded at the thought of what that experience is going to be like for us as God's people? And then verse 4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Sometimes when I think about former things that have passed away, I have a hard time remembering what life was like when I had those former things. Here's an example of that. Um, How many of you could get to Eufaula right now without using your phone? Some of you could because you're just, you're built like that, right? But I I don't remember. I'm trying to remember sometimes. I'm like, we're going to a new restaurant or we're going to a new city or we're going to wherever. And I automatically, what do I do? I pull out my phone. I plug in the state, the address, whatever. And it just takes me. And I really, if you're like, how did you used to do that? I I can get to MapQuest. Remember that? (laughs) And then like the GPS things. And I can somewhat remember when I was working at Huffstetler's Hardware, I had a map book, and I could look up the street, and it would take me to the coordinates, and I would find it, and then I would somehow. But I really don't remember day in and day out what it was like to live and navigate without a smartphone. I know I did it. I know it was a part of my life, but I don't fully remember what that was like. I, I think, in a way, you and I, when we experience this time in our lives, this time in God's redemptive history when we live in a world where death is no more and there's no more mourning or crying or pain, I think it'll be kind of like that. That's why I like Psalm 126 so so much. As the psalmist was like, we were like those who dreamed. That what we experienced was better than what we could imagine or wrap our minds and hearts around. And I think the new heavens and the new earth will be will be like that. Like, yeah, we kind of remember death. <laughs> we kind of remember what pain and mourning and crying were like, but it's, it's so far removed from this place that we don't really remember that. John gives us this vision of the new heavens and the new earth. He says he's making all things new. And then in verse 6, he says, To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life, Without payment. If there's one thing that keeps me from being an early adopter, you know what the main thing is that keeps me from being an early adopter? Money. It's like, would you like the new blah, blah, blah? Sure. Do you want to pay for it? No, thank you. What I got's fine. And the thing about the new heavens and new earth that you and I will experience is that um, it's free to everybody. You don't have to pay for it. It is a gift of God's grace through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the only thing that you need to have is an awareness of your need for Jesus and to um, 
confess your sins to him and to turn from that and place your faith in Jesus Christ. And then it is the free gift of salvation and this hope that you and I have through our faith in Christ that one day when we pass from this life to the life to come, that you and I will receive an inheritance not because of what we've done or what we can afford. It won't be limited by those who can be early adopters and those who can't. The only requirement there is for us to have faith in what God has done for us in Jesus. Two things I want to encourage you to avoid as it relates to death. I want you to avoid acting as if it's not a bad thing. Have you experienced this in your life before? Somebody passes away in your life, someone that you loved and cared for, and it's kind of like, ah, don't worry, it's fine. We all believe in Jesus, right? And there's this hope, and there's this resurrection, and everything's okay. The reality of it is, is that our theology and our faith and our scriptures give us reason and warrant to mourn and to grieve. Because there's this part of us that we know we were made for a world without death, but we live in a world of death. And as, so as we walk through that, that world, it's okay for us not to be overly triumphalistic and rush to the good news. It's okay for us to walk through those seasons of doubt and grief and hardship and to call them what they are and for us to come alongside each other and be comfortable with that with each other to support and be with each other and then the other opposite extreme i just want to encourage you as people of faith and you encourage me as a person of faith that ultimately death is not the final word for us that we can grieve as those who have hope in the resurrection of jesus christ that we believe that there's more beyond this life, that one day, if Christ doesn't come back first, 100% of us will pass from this life. At some future day of remembrance, they will call my name, they will call your name. But ultimately, that's not the end for us. We believe that one day Christ will return, the new heavens and the new earth will be inaugurated, and we will rejoice and live in that land with no more death and no more pain and no more mourning. And no more crying. I encourage you to read 1 Corinthians 15 sometime today. There's a song in there that we're going to sing in heaven. And the song is, Death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? And I told the first service, I love Mount River Baptist Church Choir, but they've not begun to touch what that's going to be like. I love Micaiah and the worship band and what they're doing but we haven't yet begun to touch what that day is going to be like. And so go through life, able to acknowledge that we live in a fallen world and things are not as they're supposed to be, but also as people of faith who believe that one day Christ will return and complete his work of making all things new, and because of that, you and I have hope. Somebody pray with me. God, we thank you for the gift of your word and your spirit. We thank you for the gift of your son. Lord, I pray for each of us as we, as we walk through life, Lord, that you would help us to do so and to make sense of our world in light of your scriptures that you've revealed to us. That we know that this created world is good and we know that it's also marked by fallenness and sin and death and decay. And help us to be people who 
acknowledge your goodness and your grace and your mercy and the things we get to experience that are beautiful and meaningful and glorious and to also be able to understand when we walk through things that are painful reminders of the fallenness of this world and the consequences of sin and that you would give us the ability to hang on to the hope of the resurrection of Jesus and that you would use our lives and our witness to point other people to that same hope. We offer this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're here this morning and you've never um, confessed faith in Christ and you feel the Lord calling you to that and you want to make that decision public, I'll be at the front to receive you. Also, if, if you want to talk about that, um, if you want a church staff member, myself, anybody else, just to talk with you about what it looks like and what it means to profess faith in Christ and become a Christian, know that we would love to do that. Um, or if you think that God's leading you to be a member of this church, where we're seeking to be faithful to who God's called us to be, or if you just want to respond in some way at your seat, however God's leading you to respond, we invite you to do so as we stand.